Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God is good, isn't he? God is good. And I just, even before I get into the word, I just want you to tell the Lord to speak to you today. Just tell him, Lord, speak to me. Because I prepare the message, but unless the Lord speaks to you, I'm coming in vain. So just, I pray that, you know, each one of you will receive God's word. Even you who have joined us online, that God will speak to you today. Today I'm going to be sharing on the heart of giving. Let's pray, let's pray. Abba Father, Lord, I just commit this word into your hands. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to everyone. Not just a few, but everyone here. That they will just be able to focus and not be distracted. The word, your word is life. Your word is truth. And that truth will set many free, Father Lord. Let this word change the mindset that is wrong. Any mindsets that are wrong. And let the truth invade every aspect of their lives. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So the first instance of giving to God in the word of God is seen in Genesis chapter 4. Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was a tiller of the ground. In Genesis 4 verses 3 to 7 it says, And in the process of time, that is they, have, they were busy with their work, at, but at a particular time they, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. Has this story troubled you? If it has, just raise your hand. Because it has troubled me when as a young believer, as a young Christian, I would think, it's not fair. Why didn't God accept Cain's offering? What was it? And so many people have asked me also. That's not fair. God is not just. But you see, as you, you know, read on, you know that it's not just with Cain that God was not pleased with his offering, but also with Cain. God was pleased with Abel and his offering. God was displeased with Cain and his offering. So it's a person, the attitude with which that person came with. That word offering is minka, which is a gift of any kind. So it could have been a gift of any kind. So some scholars say uh, it's because it was not a blood offering, a sacrifice, which may be possible that Abel gave a blood offering, but Cain didn't. I'm sure that God would have spoken to both Cain and Abel about offerings. But that is not recorded here. There must have been a communication between God and them as to how to come with offerings. We'll understand as we read later. But more than that, when you read that verse, it says, Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. What is a firstborn? It's so precious 
The first thing that God gave him, Abel brought it. But Cain, what did he bring? He just brought some fruit, an offering of fruit. It's not even the first fruits. So he may have casually just taken something and said, okay, I'm going to give this to the Lord. So that was most likely why God was displeased. And then it says, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So it's very clear that God knew that Cain knew the right way to bring an offering. And he said that if you had done the right thing, I would have blessed you also. I would have accepted your sacrifice. You had a choice. And then he says, be careful. Sin is crouching at the door. So just imagine, in, his, in giving, in his wrong giving, he had allowed sin to step at the door, to be at the door. And that word crouching is like how a tiger crouches at the door, ready to pounce on its prey. And God gives him a warning and says, says be careful, sin is at the door. And it's getting, you have opened a door for sin. And that can pounce on you and make you do the wrong thing. And lo and behold, we know the story how Cain was overwhelmed by that anger because God didn't accept him. He took it on his brother and killed him. What a tragedy. So how important it is to have a heart right in giving. Later on in the next, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 it says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. So it's by faith that he offered the right sacrifice. Faith is what? What is faith? Come on. Trusting. Knowing that God sees. Knowing that he is. No? And because of that, he did. He gave the right sacrifice. And God testified that it was good. How do you think it would have happened? How did Cain know that God was unhappy and Abel know? Some people say that it's probably God sent fire on the sacrifice of Abel. And because of that, they knew, oh, this is the right sacrifice. This is the wrong offering. And in verse 6 in Hebrews 11, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Whenever we give anything to the Lord, it should be done with faith. Knowing that he sees and he rewards those who diligently seek him. Genesis chapter 8 is another instance where Noah, he's just, we all know the story of Noah, how Noah and his, uh, his family, they're in the ark along with the many animals for one year. And just imagine that one year in his life. He must have thought, everyone has been destroyed. Everything has been destroyed except me and my family. And he must have been grateful. He would have asked, Lord, how come you saved me? What did I do? He must have been so grateful. And in response to that, Noah, as soon as he steps out on the land, he offers a sacrifice to the Lord. Genesis 8.20 says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. 
And the Lord smelled a a soothing aroma. Wow. God responded. He was pleased with this sacrifice. Because Noah gave it out of his gratitude, knowing that the whole world had been destroyed, but God had been merciful on his family. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 16, we see how the Israelites were asked to, to follow feasts. They had various different feasts. The Lord told them, follow these feasts. They had the, the Passover, the, the, they had the Feast of Unleavened Breads, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles. And in these three times, God told them, come into my presence with an offering. And Deuteronomy 16 verses 16 to 17 says, Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, at the feast of unleavened bread, at the feast of weeks, and at the feast of tabernacles. So these feasts were celebrated because to remember what God had done for them. God had taken them out of Egypt, brought them out. That's the first, the Passover was in remembrance of that. And along with that, the unleavened bread. The feast of weeks was to remind them when they go into the promised land, I'm going to give you enough. And when you get that enough, celebrate the feast of weeks. And thirdly, the feast of tabernacles was a time where they would make booths, uh, where they'd stay for seven days. And in that, those days, they would remember how in the wilderness they had stayed in tents, but now God had given them homes. So these are feasts to remember what God had done. And so it says in verse 16 and 17, three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in this place. And they should appear, they should not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. So it's evident that we God has asked us to give. Now you may ask, why would the God of the universe want our offerings? Deuteronomy 10.14 says, Everything belongs to the Lord your God. The heavens, even the highest heavens, belong to him. The earth and everything on it belong to him. Why do you think he's got everything? Would probably our, our little offerings really matter to him? But truly... Giving is a matter of our heart. Giving is a spiritual issue. It's a relationship issue. When you love, you give. When you love God, you give more. So actually giving reveals our heart. You're all familiar with the story in Luke chapter 18, where there's a rich young ruler who comes to Jesus asking, what good, good teacher What should I do to inherit eternal life? And what does Jesus tell him? Obey the commandments. Honor your father and mother. Uh, Do do not commit murder. Do not commit adultery. And then that man says, I've done all this all my years. And then Jesus looks very sadly at him and says, in Luke 18, verses 22 and 23. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. So this man had obeyed all the commandments. But you know what the first commandment is? That you should not love any other God but our Lord. And nothing should come between us and God. 
But here, this man's wealth had come between him and God. And Jesus, by this question, just revealed that very clearly. This is what is coming between you and me. If you push that aside, you can come. And and the next chapter, we read the story of Zacchaeus. Where Zacchaeus, a rich tax collector, and he repents. And he comes before, before Jesus and says, when he knows or Jesus has done from me, he says, I'm going to give half my property and four times of what I've taken from everyone else. I'm going to give it back. And Jesus doesn't tell him, no, I don't, half is not enough. Give me everything. He didn't say that. He said, salvation has come to this house. So it's not about the whole or half. It's about the heart. What is it? Is there anything between you and God? Or are you giving because of your relationship with God? So that is settled. God wants us to give, to, to change our heart, to make, to see what is in our heart. Now I'm going to be sharing some principles of giving. The first thing is, right giving comes from our understanding of stewardship. Yeah? So when we understand everything belongs to God and that we are just stewards, tell the Lord, I am a steward. Oh, it's very feeble. I'm a steward of what? I'm a steward of the home you've given me. I'm a steward of my children. I'm a steward of my job. I'm a steward of everything that you've given me. Yeah? When we give, we are recognizing our relationship to God as a manager of our money. And we are just kept in the position under him. He is the owner. We are just stewards. I just uh, was sharing in the Malayalam service how uh, for 15 years I was working as an ophthalmologist in a hospital. And every month I would get my salary. And I could buy what I wanted. I could manage the household things as I wanted. But then when the Lord called me into ministry, hi, it was a change. And earlier when I had that money, when I'd give large amounts, I think, oh Lord, I'm giving this. I'm giving this for your work. I'm giving this for your... It was, the thought came, you know, a little bit. But when I came into ministry and I didn't have that, I suddenly realized when God asks me to give, I said, everything is yours, Lord. Whatever I give, I'll give whatever you want. But I just realized, he just changed the way I thought. And I was thinking, I should have realized better then that actually everything belonged to him. But now God had to take me to this place to make me realize everything, Kavita that I gave you those, those years was mine. I just asked you to take care of it. And truly, we need to have that understanding when we give. And I'm telling you, I've been able to give as much, if not more, now in ministry than there. Because my heart changed. Not because I had more. Somehow the Lord will give me that amount and I say, okay, Lord, thank you. I'm going to bless this person. I'm going to do this. Yeah. So remember that we are just stewards. Giving is a freeing experience. Has, have any of you felt like that? When you give, it sometimes feels better than receiving. You just feel so good. It's a freeing experience. And it connects us with God relationally. Giving becomes a way of saying thanks to God for his grace and provision. Giving gives us a deeper connection to him. So first of all, remember, when you give, that we are stewards. Secondly, giving involves our surrender in different things, different areas. It's not only our money, but our time, 
our choices and our praise. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, all of you, when I ask different people, how has the week gone? I just asked, asked one of our kids and he said, auntie, life is so busy. School, tuition, school, tuition. No time for quiet time. And I was saying, but you really, and I just, you know, broke down his days. And I was asking him, you can get up half an hour early and just pray? And then he said, yes, I think I'll do that. Because, you know, you're going to be busy always. But if you can't give that time to the Lord, how will we grow in the Lord? How will we, you know, be able to do this thing? So finally he's decided, yes, okay, auntie, from next week I'm going to try this. Even that half an hour, the best half an hour, the first half an hour, I'm going to give to the Lord and go through the routine of whatever he has to do. But, you know, to give your time. There are so many distractions. And I know you young people, you know everything about what's happening in everyone's lives. And I'm just asking, when I ask the young people, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. Even before I know what's happening in my children's life, all the people around here know. Because it's on Instagram or whatever means. But that time, you need to really be careful. Have You should control that time and give to the Lord. The first thing that you do is give time to the Lord and God will bless what you do with the rest of the time. So give your time. See how Mary, the sister of Martha, gave, he, she just decided to sit at his feet. You know, normally we think, serve, serve, do all the work. But she just sat at his feet and Jesus said, she made the right choice. She did the one thing that was right. She made that choice to give her time to the Lord. The Lord wants our time. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It's easy to praise God when everything's going well. But just if you're facing something really difficult, give that sacrifice of praise. That mountain will move. You know, it's, it is a sacrifice. When you're thinking, oh, my future, what's happening? Nothing seems to be happening. That I'm not, not getting a good job. Or whatever it is, I'm not getting that financial breakthrough. Praise. That is a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, 16 also says, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Yeah, Even sharing, giving others, God is pleased with that. I know many, some of you are serving in the church, but I'm calling more people to serve. Uh, people work, when you work, you have that salary, so you get the reward. Sometimes when you serve in the church, you're not getting anything out of it. But truly, God will reward you. So I'm encouraging everyone to come on Sunday, not with the attitude to receive, but Lord, what can I give when I come? What can I give? It may be an encouragement to someone who's new. Just saying, how are you doing? I'm assuming it's such a blessing to have you come here. That itself is your service. Do something. Say that every Sunday when I come, I want to bless someone. With a smile, with a word. So give in that way also. We are stewards of our children. Definitely. That's something that the Lord told me. I would probably, as a doctor, say, would have thought, I want both my children to be doctors. The Lord said, no, 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 no. You don't touch that. I want them to be what I want them to be. So we're just stewards. And so they took up what the Lord wanted them to do. Parents understand that you're a steward of your child. Hudson Taylor was a famous missionary to China. I think most of you would have heard about him. 
he he grew up in a godly home and uh, his parents even before he was uh, just when he was born they decided that he would be a missionary to china but they never told him and as he grew up during his teenage years he went away from the lord but at some point his mother just kept on praying and at some point hudson came back to the lord in a mighty way and he also sensed oh i need to go to china uh, you know just imagine those times no one did that 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 whole nation had not opened up for the word and he said okay i'm going to go to china and he and his team set off and i was just reading about that story how as they're going in the ship and hudson says bye to his family and then the ship leaves and he turns back and he sees his mother his mother till then had just said okay go and pray be very strong but at that time he saw the expression on his mother she was crying like just grasping him like oh god because she knew that she was giving her child to the lord completely she may never see him again but she had the wisdom to give her child for god's work so we also as parents don't hold on to your children give them into god's whatever way maybe in your own place but in whatever way trust god to take them into a perfect future yeah so we are just uh, we are we are stewards of our children so we, i said that you have to surrender every area the thirdly we cannot outgive god truly john 316 says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal everlasting life he has given the maximum i being serving the lord i i, I sometimes tell the lord i cannot outgive you lord what i give you is nothing compared to what you have given us remember he has given the maximum for us we cannot outgive him so i was um, just the, the time when i came into ministry my children were in college so all my relatives said don't go into full time ministry now wait till they finish college then do it that is wisdom worldly wisdom but i knew in my heart i could not sit i had to take the step so i said no i couldn't tell them i just took the step even without any others knowing i just gave the resignation in knowing that it was god's call on my life so i took that step and then i was wondering lord you have to provide because till then we had lived with two salaries and suddenly downsizing to one salary and their fees but i tell you looking back every time for every fees the lord opened a door it would probably be some investment coming back or one of the parents grandparents deciding hey we want to bless your one of your children what that is how we took them through college we lacked nothing and even i was just thinking when i was working we bought cars with a loan okay that is monthly emi but when i came into ministry two years after ministry the lord suddenly released an inheritance that we didn't even think about and then i had money to buy a car with a down cash that is god's ways that is god's ways he you cannot outgive him you cannot we cannot he will honor the way we serve him so we cannot outgive god fourthly giving is an expression of our worship and love deuteronomy 26 
verses 8 and 11 says, So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. When you give, remember it is part of your worship. So many of us think that worship is just Sunday morning coming and praising, singing with the songs. But even the gifts that we give are worship to him. The woman who gave the, brought the alabaster jar and broke it and just poured it on the Lord, that was worship. And it pleased the Lord and we all know about it, isn't it? So giving is worship. It's an expression of our love to him. Next, we need to be a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8 says, But this I say, who, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is such a principle of the kingdom. You sow less, you will reap less. You sow abundantly, you will reap abundantly. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. However you are thinking, the Holy Spirit will probably tell you, this is what you need to give. Ask the Lord, is this what I need to give? Or is this much time I need to give? Ask him and do not give grudgingly. Uh, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always have all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God is looking for cheerful givers. Not someone is smiling outside, but painfully in their heart, giving. Oh, God. Yeah, I just, but God wants it. But God is so good to us. Uh, he teaches us. It's a journey where he teaches us to trust him each day, to give more and more of ourselves. When we are able to give cheerfully, we are taking the control out of our hands and trusting him. The poor and rich can be controlled by money. So don't think it's only you know, the rich or the who are this thing. But even the poor, they can think in their minds always, I don't have anything, I don't have anything. And that money aspect just clouds their whole world. So whether you're rich or poor, that is not what matters. But it's whether you've decided in your heart to give cheerfully. Yeah? Don't give from the poverty of your pocket, but from the overflow of your heart. I repeat that. Don't give from the poverty of your pocket, but from the overflow of your heart. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works, and in all to which you put your hand. Okay? So we need to give cheerfully. Come on, let's say, tell your neighbor, let's give cheerfully. Yes, yes. Sixthly, the gift must be of value. Mark chapter 12 verses 41 to 44 says, 
Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. In, in those days, uh, it's in the outer court probably, where they have a number of uh, boxes uh, with you know, uh, up, in, upturned uh, funnels. And in that opening, there are about 13 boxes in that area. So there must have been many people putting different types of offerings they had. An offering for this, a tithe, an offering, or uh, different types of offerings. They had different boxes. And Jesus is sitting there and just looking. Yeah? Just imagine him looking at this. And there's so many people. And in that, he notices this poor woman, poor widow. Then, and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself. He's impressed. He calls his disciples and says, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. He didn't say, this widow has given more than that person. He said, this widow has given more than everyone else in those who has given into those 13 boxes. Wow. That is how much he knew the value of that offering was for that woman. She probably didn't have money for the next day. But God values that. So I know some people feel embarrassed to give a small offering. It's not the size of the offering. It's just your heart and the way you give it. Even if it is 10 rupees. It, if it is given with love, it will be valued more than the, so much more that others are giving. Yeah? Assuredly, I say to you, yeah, and he says it, for they all put in out of their abundance but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So God looks at the heart. He values what you're giving him. When David, he incurred the wrath of God uh, over Israel, when he took a, a, a census, he was, there, was, there are certain ways which you have to take a census, but he didn't follow those. And because of that, a plague came on Israel. And thousands of people died in that plague. And then, uh, then uh, David is very repentant. And he's, the angel of the Lord is standing before the land of a man called Aruna. And then the prophet of Gad comes to David and says, make a sacrifice here. And what does David do? He wants to get the land from Aruna. Aruna, he says, I'll give it to you freely. I'll give you this land. But David says, no. Let's see what David says. In Second Samuel chapter 24, 24, he says, then the king said to Aruna, No, but I will surely buy it from, from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Yeah? So David knew that I can't do it without any, you know, without paying a price for this. Because so many have died, and I am also responsible, so I need to give a price for that. So he says, I want to buy it, and he offers that. So you need to give a gift of value. Seventhly, giving has an eternal impact. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in a steel, in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So we know that those days, 
they would have probably have very expensive clothing with silk and lin and different laces and all that but he says don't invest in that only you can buy because moth will take it away and even the money coins they would bury it for safekeeping and they would get that would get rusted so jesus is saying you you're saving all this but remember you need to build you know save for the treasure in heaven that is more important so invest for what is in heaven for where your treasure is there your heart is is your heart in your money your fixed deposit or is it in the things of the kingdom check check let's check george muller a mighty man of god who who took care of a lot of orphans opened up homes for orphans in in england and he helped so many children yeah uh, he says my business is with all my might to serve my own generation in doing so i shall best serve the next generation should the lord jesus tarry the longer i live the more i am enabled to realize that i have but one life to live on earth and that this one life is but a brief life for sowing in comparison with eternity for reaping beautiful isn't it this one life is a short life but it is for sowing but we have eternity for reaping so family if you're sowing sparingly you won't have much to reap this you'll be just sitting like this watching everyone else reaping but if you're sowing abundantly here you're going to have much to reap there saying that oh this is all the the rewards this is all that i could do in my lifetime i never knew yeah so it has eternal value so what was i sharing that these some principles about giving that we are stewards remember when you give that you are a steward secondly that is not just about our money but everything that we need to give of to the lord we cannot thirdly we cannot outgive god fourthly giving is an expression of our worship and love fifthly god loves a cheerful giver sixth the gift must be of value and seven what is it come on giving has an eternal impact yeah so that's about giving to god and i just want to touch about giving to others in second corinthians paul talks about giving to others second corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 he encourages the corinthians to give to the jerusalem church just like the macedonians had so actually the macedonian church macedonia was initially a very rich city such rich area but with the roman occupation they lost their wealth and so the macedonian church was not a very wealthy church but they had started giving to the churches that did not have and paul says corinthians you also give just like the macedonians and he says in second corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 to 4 moreover brethren we make known to you the grace of god bestowed on the churches of macedonia that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality for i bear witness that according to their ability yes and beyond their ability they were freely willing so they gave not only according to their ability 
but beyond their ability. They were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So beautiful. They gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. First of all, give yourself to the Lord and he will teach you how to give to others. Yeah? And we will know how to give according to his will, not unwisely. And then he goes on to say in verse 7, but as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace, that is the grace of giving. So many Sundays you've heard us preaching about faith, about love, about God doing things. But Paul is saying, you need to be strong in these things, but along with that, you need to understand the grace of giving. That's why I'm standing here and sharing this word. You, we need to understand the grace of giving. And he says that Jesus is our model of giving. Second Corinthians 8 verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So Jesus was rich, and is still. Jesus was rich in heaven. He's God. And he decided to come on earth and clothe himself with humanity and thus become poor. So just imagine in heaven he is the boss. But he decided to become poor by becoming, by clothing himself with humanity. For whom? For us. He gave up everything for us. So because he does that, let us also give. And verse uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. It's a result of right giving. That's what Paul tells them. He says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. That Greek word for sufficiency is autarkia, which means contentment. Huh? God is able to make your grace abound, the grace of giving, and always have, you will have all contentment or self-sufficiency. You will have all contentment in all things. So God gives a special gift to a giving heart. It's a heart of contentment in every situation. Wow, wouldn't we want that more than anything? It's a frame of mind which is completely independent of all that is around us. Yeah? And which carries the secret of happiness within itself. So as we give, the Lord gives us that contentment. What a reward, what a result. And then the last two verses in that chapter, 2 Corinthians 9, 12 to 14. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, so when we give, they, are, they have enough, but also is abind, abounding through many thanksgivings to God. They give praise to God. They thank God for His provision, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. So three things happen there. When we give others, they are blessed. 
they also are thankful to god for the way god has provided and third the all glory is given to god awesome isn't it so let us as a church as a family decide to give everything our time our future our children our homes everything the lord our whole life to the lord yeah there was a man of god jim elliot in 1952 he along with four friends they decided to to go to ecuador and to share the gospel with indians there indians who were never exposed to anyone in the world and uh, they were supposed to be quite uh, a ferocious type of group because they didn't know they were, for them a stranger would be like an enemy to them but they decided no we have to reach them we have to share the gospel so these young men they took a plane and they would go regularly and give of air airdrop gifts for them and these people used to take it so over a period of 6 months they just gave these gifts and then afterwards they felt now it's time let us go to that island that that place ecuador and let's share the gospel and so they take that step and they land there first one or two women came tribal women but after that some warriors came and the five of them were killed they were spearheaded and just imagine so many people in the world said what a waste of such young lives and it, we would naturally say that but later on his wife elizabeth elliot and one of the sisters of the men and another son of one of the men they said let's go and share the gospel and they decided they just decided to give they lost already but they went there and as a result of that the whole tribe came to the lord in fact the man who killed jim elliot min kayani it seems jim elliot before being seed uh, before being speared spoke in their language and said god forgive them and that had put a seed in his life and just that was a starting and to see that his wife would come and share the gospel changed him and today he goes to different countries and preaches this gospel but there was a price this man gave this these five men gave these women gave so there is much in giving so i just encourage each one of you to give to the lord because you will receive treasure in heaven and let's not just focus on things only on the earth but let our eyes be on him and the way we live whether it's time whether it's just strengthening someone whether it's serving in the church whether it's your money whatever there's just a gift you make with your hands oh that is a gift that is also what you can give give to the lord with your joy let us be a church i know many of you give but even more let us give to him for it pleases him let's pray hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord for you have spoken to us and i believe that there are many here who are going to give much to the lord their lives their future the lord may be asking you to commit your life to him i'm just encouraging you whatever your age to give to the lord tell the lord lord i offer my life to you use it for your glory i'm not going to be bogged down by my daily problems i want to give to you tell the lord now i want to give that my life my praise as a sacrifice to you be pleased lord with what i give lord be pleased he will be pleased just come to the lord today come to the lord 
I know many of you young people, you have your whole life ahead of you. Give it to Him. Give your life to the Lord. And He will make it beautiful. He will do so much with it. More than we could ever imagine. He will take you places. You will stand before kings with this gospel. Some of you are going to stand before kings with this gospel. If you give your life to Jesus. So take that commitment today. And so Lord, I just pray Lord. That you will start something in their hearts. And touch everyone here. That they will trust you enough to give. People in the world have probably let you down. When you gave, you were hurt. But God, it's safe in God's hands. If you give your future, if you give what you have, if you give into His hands, it is safe. It will multiply. Like the boy who gave five loaves and two fish to the Lord's hands, he multiplied it and served 5,000. Let that be the way we give. And I just pray over everyone here, everyone here who feels that they can't give much, you are enough. Give yourself. Give yourself. And the Lord is pleased with you just to give your life, your time to Him. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to each one of us. And I pray that if anyone is struggling in their quiet time, that you will just help them to give their time to you. That they will make that commitment to pray and read the Word. And I pray that I know that you've heard their prayer. You will come down and touch them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for all those who've joined online. I just pray, just tell the Lord that you will give him what you have, what is in your hands. That is what he wants. That's all he wants, not more. Thank you, Lord, for you have received us and that you're going to do great things through our lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.